Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 268. I can't believe we're here. Happy anniversary! Woohoo! <laughs> no, I can't believe, though, we've made it five years. Yes, well, you specifically have made it the whole five years. To me, well, it feels like it's only been a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why am I celebrating? Like, I guess I can celebrate with anyone, but yeah, yeah I've been pulling you into the five <laughs> years thing. It really doesn't like, matter who I'm with today. I mean, yeah. It's Drunk on Comics' five-year anniversary. Yes, and with that, we have had... So many good laughs, so many good shows, and we have a lot more to come. But we also celebrated WedCon yes. 2017, Derek and Melissa getting married, and we spoke briefly about that and yep. some of the fun we had with some of the artists uh, there. Uh, Tony reviewed a couple of his uh, comic books that he read this week. Some that, awesome comic books. Yeah, the crossover with Looney Tunes in D.C., we talked a lot of movie news this week, specifically Marvel and the MCU, and who's going to be there and who's not. Yep, a lot of Spider-Man as well, a little bit of Power Rangers, yeah. some directing. We got some booze in the book. We got the whole shebang right here. So it's like we kind of know what we're doing. After five years? Yeah. <laughs> we, I think we're starting to get the hang of this, guys. <laughs> so with that, sit back, enjoy a beer. And Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 268, Anniversaries Galore, in French. <laughs> <laughs> great weekend to celebrate what is it that we're celebrating there are so many things actually that we celebrated this weekend i personally celebrated my birthday this weekend no one cares uh i care and my boyfriend cares and he's here that's two against one (laughs) this isn't a pod (laughs) docracy i have to care otherwise nobody will care about my birthday (laughs) I would care, Josh. Oh, Two okay. against one <laughs> to you. Uh, we also celebrated the merging of two lives into one with Derek and Mal getting married this weekend. Yes, their uh, protoforms are now turned as weird into as possible. A, yeah, a sci-fi. <laughs> Mel has Goop. absorbed Derek, uh, Derek. That is how that would work. If yeah. That was the case. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's just like coming out like a, his face can kind of come out of like this shoulder. He's like, "Hi, I'm here." Get back in your hole. <laughs> but uh, no, Cthulhu uh, joined them both in his yes. uh, unholy domain. Mm. Uh, we are at Wed at the Con. wedding of Derek and Mel yes. and Wedcon. Did you did you guys see the 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 painting that uh, Dan Dory yes, did. Yes, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. I didn't even see that at first. Cause I, I, the, the Cthulhu one. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of good art and artists. It and was. It was, there's a reason why they kept calling it Wedcon. Yeah. Even though it was cute at first, and I'm like, that's not how you make it happen, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. But it was pretty yes. much a convention. Yes. There was... The big names, I mean, the familiar names of people that, that know us, but 
uh, Ryan Lee, Jim Toe, yep. uh, half a Source Point Press. <laughs> yes. Um, Dirk Manning. Dirk, who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> He's the I didn't hear him talk once. Sinister Minister. <laughs> Ryan yeah. Stegman. Um, we had uh, the head honcho from Motor City Comic Con, Miriam, and it was great to catch up with her. And they had paper on all these tables. Fucking brilliant, mm-hmm. man. So that they could get some free, uh, <laughs> free arties. Yeah. Free with Sharpies. Arts. Yeah. And it was funny because... Um, we like everybody kind of knew that they were gonna do this, and uh, I feel like there was a couple artists who were like, "We're gonna be, we're gonna stand against the man and not provide free art." And then they all fucking doodled. Yeah, <laughs> they got they, free beer. They made sure they made sure to make them all just bored enough <laughs> where they where they would just start doodling. And no, know? it was not well, boredom. It's art artists. You it was know, not boredom. It was it was awesome socialize. fucking barbecue and free well, it was beer. Cool. There were certain. Sp- like then parts of tables where it became like a theme. Yes, ours was cock table. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I had yeah. that go into other <laughs> tables as well. Mm-hmm. You guys were gone already. You should have seen my uh, Odic son that I made. Your Odic son. <laughs> yeah, it's Thor holding a giant cock. Oh my god. I think I saw my Wolverine with the claws. That uh, were yes, but and... you started something on that oh, table because there was also naked Wolverines mm. kind of squatting with his junk just hanging yeah. there in between his legs. One of one of my favorite. So I I drew penises on everything, and I looking back on it, I like I was giggling the whole night. <laughs> yeah, I was you telling were. everyone I was super wasted, and then this morning I was like thinking about it, I'm like. God, that was really immature. <laughs> like, like that was so funny. You know, you, it took a night for you to like have that moment of clarity. It's not even a full moment of clarity. Yeah, it still, still made him giggle like yeah. a 12-year-old. That was a little immature, but God, was that funny. The best was uh, they had a Jonah Hex uh, part of a table, and that came about because someone was messed up, oh, and I then that, yeah. they asked Jim to, to draw left-handed, see what he could do. So Jim draws this really fucking actually from this mistake of Jonah. Seth didn't know that Jim is left-handed, so that's why he drew so he's like son of a bitch. So then it turned into so all those actually were them drawing left-handed there. And mm. a lot of those look good. There's like one or two is like, okay, you can't draw left-handed, but these are some of the more bigger names like that started drawing this part. So I go and I sit down and I pull out my marker, and Seth's wife goes, no, yeah. you are not drawing a penis on this table. And I kind of like did the puppy dog eyes like I just got yelled at. <laughs> also, how do you know? Oh, you know because I've been doing it all over the place. And I just slowly set down the marker and I'm like sad. And I go, I was going to draw a cowboy hat on it. <laughs> she goes, okay, up over here, a way that they can cut it out. And then I'm drawing it. She goes, that's actually pretty damn funny. <laughs> so I drew like. Like with guns on the side and him coming out like he's, yeah. So that, that that was my favorite we found, masterpiece. We found Tony's calling. Yeah. Drawing penises of various types everywhere. Well, it's just like at the end of Super Bad when yeah, all the old drawings of Seth Rogen. That's Seth Rogen. Uh, Jonah or, Hill. Oh, was it Jonas? Yeah. Oh, okay. Was, yeah, he would Im- impulsively draw penises all the time. He just had to do it. <laughs> 
And so they showed a whole bunch of drawings and all these different elaborate ways of drawing penises. penises? Yeah. Boys are weird. Like penises <laughs> dressed up as stuff. That's what Tony you know? was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, dancing, the food. I was stuffed. Oh, my God. I was stuffed until about three this afternoon. Yeah, I know. <sighs> oh, I, well, I, I stayed up until, like, well, four last night. Yeah. Which... Me, Josh, and his wife stayed here, Josh Werner, and we didn't even talk, like, a lot of times at conventions, we're always talking about business and talking about stuff and really just trying to do stuff. We started watching, like, Walk Off the Earth, like, music videos or mm-hmm. or Puddle's Pity Party, if you guys have ever heard of him. Yeah, he and was just on America's Got Talent, yeah, actually. Yeah, was. What's funny was I knew who he was from his YouTube videos before that, I'm like, they are going to be shocked, mm-hmm. and then they were. Mm-hmm. It was funny. I happened to see that, and Lindsay had already shown me his YouTube videos, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's him!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that guy. But yes, uh, we wish the best to uh, Derek and Mel. But that is not the greatest thing that has happened this no, weekend. No, what's the greatest thing, Tony? Well, it's a it's a bit of an anniversary. It is. Yes, anniversary for the greatest thing to ever hit your ear hole. Is this going back to Lindsay's birthday? <laughs> Why was she screaming like a schoolgirl? Like, oh my god, it's my birthday! <laughs> She's a white girl drunk. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. No, no, no. Five years ago, we put out the first episode of Drunk on Comics. Yep. And I can't believe it's been five years. It's crazy that it's been five years. It's been crazy, the people that have come in and out, and, I mean, when we did our 200th episode last, uh, Motor City Comic Con last year, that felt like a big accomplishment. Right. And that, well, that's also a huge number of itself, but to hit five years, though, is also, like, that is a podcast, plus the extra ones that we do. We really only take two weekends off a year. Right. It's more than an hour of us recording. It is half the time sitting around for an extra hour, dicking around and yeah, talking. Yeah, because Tony's never ready. It, true. <laughs> or you think after five years I would be ready at some point. <laughs> or know to turn off your phone. Yes. And, it, yeah, I can't believe it's been five years and how time has flown. It's crazy. So what's been your... So I've only been on the podcast for what, two? Two years now? Yeah, two, two, two and a half. Yeah. So what's, so before that, even, I mean, going back from the very beginning, because it was you and Derek from the very beginning, what, what's what been your favorite part of it? Oh, the f- my favorite part of it is actually getting back into comics and having an outlet to just discuss it. Me and Derek used to just do that at the bar. Then we were like, we can do it here recording so that other people had to listen to our right. pandering of this and that. And now the whole, it's the meeting of the people, our con family, the the group that supports each other and the relationships that we've made. Aww. And you, Linz. You coming into our lives. <laughs> I fangirled my way in. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Literally. I literally fangirled my way into this podcast. Well, how did you first find out about us? I um, followed Hopcat on Facebook. And because... The bar? Yes, the bar in Grand Rapids. And because Drunk on Comics is booze-related, 
Facebook gives you the list when you like something gives you the list of things that maybe you would also like and you this, like alcohol you yeah. might also like this podcast <laughs> yes. and I we also noticed that you read comic books from time yeah. to time so it popped up and normally like I don't listen to a lot of podcasts I think Smodcast and Hollywood Babylon are the only two I ever really listened to but you guys were local so I was like all right I'll give it a try and I did and I kept listening and then I fangirled on you guys. That one night at the Pyramid Scheme. That's Kevin's bachelor yep. party. Which mm-hmm. blew up Derek's ego beyond control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I was going to try to plant someone to say they're a fan that he didn't know on his bachelor party. <laughs> just so he'd be like, what are the, the odds? And, oh my god, know. it's Derek from Comic Pros and Cons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's been fun. I've enjoyed being on the podcast. There's been some times where I've been in really shitty moods, and I've come over here to record, and just put me in a better mood, even if we did not accomplish a great podcast that day, which happens sometimes. Well, I mean, I even <laughs> say this, too, because we don't really edit. We don't take a lot of time to pre-plan. And, no. And it's no, you guys the, are, this is raw. This is us raw. It's yeah. not the greatest <laughs> show in the world, but it is the most genuine. Yeah. That honestly, if we didn't even put this on the internet, though, this would be kind of us just. It's like talking. therapy, kind of, really. It's group therapy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plus, we get to talk about nerdy stuff. Sometimes, when I first started dating Josh, I would talk about comic books with him all the time because he kind of read comic books a little bit, mm-hmm. not nearly. To I the appreciate ex- the art form. Yes, not nearly know? to the extent that I do, no. though. And it clearly there were some days where it was like his eyes would glaze over. <laughs> He'd just be looking at me, and I have to go. It's just. I I try and meet. I try and meet you on your level when you start talking about Gene. You know. (laughs) So it's nice to have a place to go to talk about it, where people are like, "Oh yeah, I remember when that happened in that issue of X Men." Mm -hmm. So it's it's nice to have a nerd family to talk about things with. Yeah, well, family. I mean, that was another big part of starting it was. It forced my brother to come and hang out with me. And yeah. Then he stopped. What'd you do? <laughs> Act like his brother. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, five years. I mean, we've always done like on these milestones, like really thinking back of like, oh, this is the best and this is the best. But like, really, it's time to forge forward. And... Or we could think about what's the worst. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, I don't know if we have enough time to account for all the fuck-ups and shit that's happened and the many times that my computer would restart while recording. I can tell you what my least favorite part of our moment of this podcast is when we recorded so many awesome interviews at C2E2 a couple Mm -hmm. years ago, and we didn't have the microphone on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one actually sucked, That blowed too. a lot yeah. of dicks. A lot of Tony-drawn dicks. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've always personally thought Dan Doherty has hated me ever since uh, his interview got deleted, which was one of the best interviews ever. Yeah. And yet I sang uh, a song with him last night so at the yes, wedding. So yes, you guys did. I feel like our... And he's told, me, sync, he's told me a millions of times that he was never pissed off at me and yeah. stuff, but I've just always kind of. So the instinct. So um, Tony and Derek and Dan Doherty last night sang "In Sync," which is actually something that Tony and Derek and was it Kevin that sang with you guys, or was it your brother who was? It, it? is my brother, and then we whoever we kind of had is like the fourth person. Yeah. But Derek used to host uh, 
uh, karaoke. So they were their their group was called Plan B, uh, and they would sing that song every single time. Mm-hmm. Every single time you <laughs> are at karaoke together. We prevented people from having babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For more than one reason. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to uh, put you not in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> then why did that you guys sing it to Derek's new wife last night? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> maybe Derek was really yeah. tired and he's like... <laughs> Guys, you gotta help me out. <laughs> this is my wedding night, but oh, oh, that's funny. I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more shit from from WedCon 2017. Yes. We do have plenty of couples within our artists, friends that we're all getting asked the question, or like people are asking them the question of, so when's your WedCon oh, happening, yeah. or yeah. you know, when's this going on? And all of them have like they're at the points where they've talked about it amongst each other, but nothing has really happened yet. So I'm assuming within the next couple of years, something like that will happen. But now that I say that, before we get to off the shelf, there was a point when I was outside um, with uh, Jason Westlake and my friend Steph, and you two were actually off in the corner on the the balcony there. And for whatever what it was, I was kind of like making up like, oh, what's going on? Oh, how's it going? And I'm like, but then I just go, guys, I think Josh is proposing. And they go, what? Holy shit. And and then I even said. That would be so shitty to do. I know. know, That's why I knew it wasn't happening. But then I go, hey, Josh, you know, are you proposing or something? You guys didn't hear me. You didn't turn around. But at one point, like, during that, though, you either were sneezing or something, but, like, you brought your hands up to your face, like, oh, my gosh, like, covering your mouth. (laughs) And then they were thinking, like, maybe it's, and then I had to bring up, that would be the biggest dick move ever, and I know he's, that would just, they would not do that at a wedding. And then they thought about it, they go, because all the movements and things look like it, you you were just talking in the hand motions and whatever. The only best thing would have been if you just randomly dropped to tie your shoe yeah. <laughs> during that time. Us would have been like, holy fuck, it is happening. <laughs> then all of a sudden, Lindsay throws her drink in my face for some reason. <laughs> Maybe it would have been awesome if we could hear you and planned something elaborate out like that. But yeah. Alas, we did not. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I thought I'd let you guys know that That's now. That's funny. I'm glad we were amusing you for a moment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now to off the shelf. Linz, what do you got this week? Nothing. What? I was celebrating my birthday all week. No, yes. No, (laughs) yes. Yes. Don't you know that I don't have time to read comic books? Well. And yet I did this week? You did. that stack is going untouched. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I had more that I picked up and actually Mm -hmm. some new ones this week. I heard um, a rumor that you read two, maybe, even. Yes. Uh, the first I'm going to talk about is Lobo and Roadrunner. Uh, it's one of the Looney Tunes DC crossovers. And I didn't know how I was going to take this. I picked up uh, the previous week the Martian Manhunter one, but I didn't get a time to read it. I have the Booster Gold Flintstone ones laying around in a pile somewhere. Because I need to get caught up on Flintstones to then read that to see if it falls into continuity or not. And I heard that one was good, too, just because Booster Gold time travels. Didn't they have, what was that little alien that would pop up in the Flintstones from time to time? Oh, um, 
Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, Mer- Mervin the Martian. No, it no. was this tiny little alien that would just The pop. Great Kazoo? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. what I picture Booster Gold being in the Flintstones. Oh. <laughs> I can see that. I haven't gotten that one yet. But uh, the two books that came out this week, Lobo and Roadrunner and uh, Wonder Woman and Tasmanian uh, Devil. And both of these were fucking hella good. I didn't know how I was, what I was going to expect from these, you even though so good, he's I've heard... Hella. Yes. The extra hella <laughs> makes it even more gold standard. Yes. But I, I will say this. Uh, having grown up uh, on Looney Tunes, I am very familiar with those characters. Yes. And I'm familiar with Wonder Woman, familiar with Justice League. I'm familiar with a lot of DC characters. Lobo? Comics in general, really. Yeah, but Lobo, <laughs> not so much, actually. Oh, I love Lobo. I've I've loved him. I keep saying that I'm going to pick up his series mm-hmm. or read some things of him. I just have never gotten... I still have all this shit I have to read. So you're going to have to help me out a bit of, okay. of how he is, but who he is in this comic book seems to point. But getting the overall story, how are we going to have a anthropomorphic, like, talking... Um, Coyote, and it goes back to Roswell days and experimenting with alien DNA on animals that they pick up. Okay. And I could totally see that. Yeah. And then it shows that he, well, all of a sudden there was an explosion and some animals got out of the cages. And when they're talking about uh, the jailbreak and the explosions and everything, they think that it was the it was an intelligent intelligently planned jailbreak they think that the coyote uh made the bomb man that is one wily coyote (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't end there there's so many more of these like shoehorned in that would normally i would be like cringeworthy but they were just kind of perfect because you got to think of as looney tune based Mm. right now quick question the artwork on it is it Looney Tunesy or is it realistic? Okay, for all these books, there are two different stories in them. Mm-hmm. The first, and they're like forty-two pages, so they're nice. books. The first half is always DC style. Okay. So then these are drawn like as a DC type, you know, coyote. Yeah. Uh, then the other half of them was a Looney Tune style. Um, so they made Lobo more cartoony in that for this one. Right. That's and cool. same with the Wonder Woman one. Uh, but it was great showing then that, uh, the coyote got out and he, for some odd reason, just had a thing against the Roadrunner. So they kind of showed like, almost like it was like the Looney Tunes of the years of each year, like him putting down like bird seed and then like a boulder coming mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. um, he put down some meat, and then the Roadrunner comes like, I'm vegan, with an apron on, because at this point, they're not talking. Yeah. They, you know, have, haven't have uh, been able to. There's one where um, free birds seed in healthcare, <laughs> and, and the Roadrunner goes, don't blame me, I voted for, for change. I mean, <laughs> they, they, there's just puns galore throughout there, but then you get to where he meets Sam the Dog. Do you ever remember the Ralph and Sam the Dog type... Uh, Ralph the Wolf and Sam the Dog and there were sheep and everyone thought that it was vaguely because Ralph yeah. the Wolf looked just like um, Wiley Coyote except for Ralph had a bigger red nose okay which distinguished him somehow oh, to being Sam a, the Dog was like a sheep dog yep yeah. right okay and then at the end of like the episodes they'd always punch out like see you in the morning Ralph see yes. you in the morning Sam yes I do remember that and 
Sam is this giant fucking dog that also had this serum put in him, and he's like talking just plainly, and he's pretty much trying to say, you know, you can talk, Wiley, and but he keeps calling him Ralph throughout it, which was kind of hilarious. <laughs> and then you get Ralph going on into a giant one of his, you know, tangents of like speaking because he did speak in some of the later episodes of uh, the Looney Tunes shows. Uh, but we get to find out it was all Sam and his master uh, person that's in charge of him, of Sam the dog, to why they got Lobo involved. Because Wiley Coyote at this point, he physically got captured after he gave up on the Roadrunner. He actually was like, fuck it, I'm turning myself in, I'm going to the facility, because I'm going to get free food. They're going to do experiments on me, I'm going to get fed, but then Sam convinces him, there is someone that I think can get that, that bird for you. Enters Lobo, and... He is a bounty hunter. I didn't know... Did you know that he likes space dolphins? Yes. Okay. I, I had to assume that it was canon or something, yes. because... He, he... Oh, so in the... In 52, the series that came out after Identity Crisis and Infinite Crisis, when they did, like, each... Uh, uh, a thing each week, and the big three were gone, so they focused in on the little characters. Lobo saved this species of space dolphins from infinite or imminent doom, and they worshipped him as a god. So he 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 does love him some space dolphins. Mm. So I found that out when that was Wiley's uh, big plan to get him when he was kind of flying near the sector and made it look like he was messing with some space dolphins, and that made Lobo be pissed. <laughs> All in all, he had another contract that they switched up, and I really can't even get into more of the actual story without also speaking of some of the hijinks that then happened when Lobo said, sure, I can catch a dumb bird. Like, he's smoking a cigar, and then he got, like, scared when he was on his motorcycle, who then made him fly into a uh, gas station, which then the gas lit his thing uh, himself on fire with smoking his uh, cigar, which then all of a sudden, oh, comically, there is a giant tanker of oil coming towards him, and he blows up. Oh, right. Another one of where he's going to throw a grenade at at um, the Roadrunner, and then he gets scared again with the beep-beep, and then yeah. gets blown up. And this is where I'm learning that Lobo pretty much can't die. Right. He's like DC's version of Wolverine, except funny. So he's like Deadpool. Yes. <laughs> because not only is he like Deadpool... He kind of breaks the fourth wall. Yes. Like, he's like, I, he even explained to readers that didn't know I can regenerate. Um, and it did keep my series going 64 issues, three annuals, and a whole lot of miniseries and one shots. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I'm kind of digging this, uh, where this is going. I thought it was really funny that towards the end, he's just like, even like the contract, and I'm not going to give. Wiley Coyote's arc in this, but it pays off in the long run when you read the book of seeing where he had to go to, hmm. who he took over Lobo's contract. But let's get to the other secondary story where Lobo is in um, America, so he's going to go to Vegas and have some fun. Well, that seems Lobo like. Out comes Lawyer Bugs Bunny who says, No, you still have eight pages left. You, <laughs> you need to still catch the Roadrunner. So then he's calling up the Acme hotline, and then Bugs goes, nope, your contract said original way. 
because he was doing he was doing a couple famous you know while I could so then there was even some more hijinks but in the more um, Looney Tunes style uh, of it and yeah and I can't even give away how that one ended because it was unique to the series no fuck it Uh, so he he (laughs) destroyed them okay we're like holy shit the Roadrunner destroyed so now Bugs goes yeah you were meant to capture him not kill him uh, here's a summons from our lawyer. Uh, yep. <laughs> you destroyed intellectual property. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then you see the Roadrunner in the background. Don't tell him I'm still alive or something. Like, mm. would happen within one of the cartoons. That's funny. I found it. It was a great, funny book. Let's step aside and go to Wonder Woman, which was... I mean, I don't want to say not funny. There's some funny parts. But it was really more... In the realm of this could have happened in her overall story arc, her so stories. Was this another uh, crossover? Yeah. Okay. And with her her story, what we got to see is her as a younger princess. And when she's talking about like the many trials that she had, one of the trials was going into the Minotaur's Labyrinth. And we all kind of know the, the story, right. the theology behind all that. But she was saying how there were other minions within the the maze. It wasn't that you need to go to the Minotaur because he's, like, tough, even for her as a young girl, or even as an adult, mm-hmm. one of the greater guardians. So, but you could find a, a couple other smaller guardians. Well, the maze also has portals to different areas, different realms that, you, that are not in the maze. One just so happens she found the great Tasmanian devil, mm. who is a greater god of of this and I'm like that's a cool way to put him in right. as if like who he is and with Taz because he never really talks to no. blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 he's boom. like Bobcat Gold yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <pretty> apt. yeah. <laughs> but he always had he always had like speech bubbles and thoughts that the people that are watching the cartoon could see that so they did that for his dialogue but what was great is um, Wonder Woman was able to understand him and know what he meant. And she kind of tricked him, actually, into a sense of... She said, if you eat me, you know, that's going to be one meal. I could give you a ton of meals uh, if you just allow me to, you know, do that. Hunt for you. So I was, like, wondering where this is going. And ultimately, she put him to sleep because, actually, in some of the Tasmanian Devil cartoons was music kind of always mm-hmm. made him stop twirling yeah. and going around. Yeah. So she brought out a leer and started playing and put him asleep, and she kind of cut off one of his tufts that makes his horns. Go to the nowadays, uh, something happens at the giant festival that they were having, and she has to go and get his help. And when she goes back, she thinks that Taz is going to like destroy her. And this is where you first see his power of the, the whirl, whirling devil. Yeah. And it's very destructive, but then you find out that Taz is such a good being that he wasn't upset that she lied to him. He just wanted that music. Right. He was in love Aww. with the music. So he helps go to the Minotaur and just the sequences and the action of watching him be full on destruction to get a talisman to save the day was great. And then, of course, they had this giant feast that they then allowed him to partake in which he ate it all because as yeah. Taz does <laughs> yes yes in in like I said even though I'm giving a lot of the plots of these stories away they are amazing 
Now, this secondary story was hilarious. It, like I said before, the the Looney Tunes kind of yeah. art. You're, you wake up as they're in the dining hall still, but they have a Wonder Woman like singing, so the sing-songy voice. And it's kind of more of a rhyme. And we have a... The whole thing is a musical then. So these whole eight mm. pages, everyone is singing. And what you find out is, uh, well, because she's saying that that's not how the, the story went. And he goes, well, my version's better. Don't be such a nerd. Just go on with your story. This here's just a dream. Heck, in here, I'm talking. Things aren't what they seem. We then get introduced to another rogues gallery of the oh, other nice. Looney Tunes oh, characters. Yeah. My name is Achilles. I'm harder in steel. Them Trojans ain't nothing. I'll bring them to heal. Oh, foreshadowing, aka where this story is going is the the sacking of Troy. Yeah. Um. And so, and then we have uh, Odysseus, who is Wiley Coyote in this. Mm. Um. And you have Taz then being one of the the main defenders of Troy. So you have them going in, sneaking in. So knowing how the this story goes right um they're gonna sneak in in a trojan horse except for for taz he ain't gonna have that and he's like this is my story so he of course destroys them kicks their butt gets them out of there bites uh um what's a fuck what's his name the gunslinger yep who was achilles bites them on the heels like how did he know my heel and stuff they were and they're all playing the characters of this world it was a really fun, even reading it in the, like, rhyme scheme. Yeah. How they came up with some of the, like, suckering, succotash to rhyme with something. Mm. <laughs> I'm just so surprised how good these are. Yeah, I was, I remember when we talked about them coming out, and we were, at, me more than anybody, it was like, I don't know how this is going to be a thing. Yeah. You know, how are they going to tie these worlds together? They, it sounds like they did, and I totally, especially want to read the Lobo one. Well, yeah, that they, sounds cool. Like yeah. the the whole Roswell, New Mexico idea. That's yeah. a gr- but great they, idea. They really pull them into the DC world, mm. as well as then pulling them in right. with doing these two separate stories. Like I said, that were both continuations of the first story, just set in a different in style. You know. Yeah. So if they're 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 not one shots, they're going to be a, no no. These are all just. One, I mean, there's multiple different books of the crossovers, right. but they're all self-contained of their they're, story. They are all shots. Yeah. Oh, so there's not going to be follow-up. <laughs> I'm thinking with the reception that they've had, there's definitely going to have to be another crossover. Yeah. I mean, all the reviews out there are like, this was such a fun book, something different but mm-hmm. familiar. Right. And I hope that they do as well. It's fucking DC, man. They are just... Who would have thought... <laughs> That they could pull this shit together. Looney Tunes and, and DC characters. Marvel does not do stuff like that. No. They do not do crossovers like this. And I know Looney Tunes is Warner Brothers, right? It's Warner Brothers. Yeah. So. Yes. So that makes sense, you know. But Marvel and Disney are yeah, together. Yeah, I know. They could so do they a could, lot of but stuff. But now it feels like if they did it, it would just be a total ripoff anyway. Um, you mean they'd be, like, copying DC yeah. like they do everything yes. else? Yeah. I'd well, love... DC's killing it right now. I, it's, it's so weird to say that out loud, but DC is totally kicking Marvel's ass books. in comic books, at the, least. I'd love to see, um, like, the X-Men all of a sudden in 
the Star Wars universe. Yeah. 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 It'd be interesting. Or as Patton Oswalt said about the Infinity Gauntlet storyline on Parks and Rec from many years ago. Don't you remember that? The whole Star Wars saga. Parks and Rec, no. Okay, so in Parks and Rec, he was a person that was arguing um, up in front of the um, Parks and Rec department or the city hall. And and there was like a lawyer, I can't remember the exact wording of what it was, but he was kind of up there filibustering and talking about the great story of a long, long time ago, Mm. you know, in a galaxy far, far away with, with this gauntlet of stones. And like he kept mixing Marvel and Star Wars through this entire thing that made it seem like an epic crossover yes. that could happen. Oh, okay. I remember that. And he actually, it was all like kind of off the cuff and they just let the film, they kept rolling. You can see some people like hiding from laughing in yeah. some of the scenes. Uh, yeah. But there is out there and there's actually someone that animated it. So if you search on YouTube for it, you can see the visual depictions of what he was talking about with how the story should go. But I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah. No, I mean, no, no, no. I wish it would, but... Yeah. Marvel is anti-crossover. Yeah. For some reason. I don't... Yes, I don't they know. are. In fact, there's rumors recently about the Venom movie being in-universe. Oh, nice transition. I yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just talking. I mean, that's, that's just how smooth I am. <laughs> and with that being said, people were speculating, uh, Kevin Feige? Feige? Yeah, Feige. I can't ever we, say we, his last name. We actually wikipedia this, I feel like, a month ago and yeah, figured it out and then instantly forgot it. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> The mastermind behind the MCU yes. has stated multiple times that it, it is not going to be uh, part of it. That it, that they're going to take Spider-Man, but everything else, you know, those are going to be Sony-made. That's going to be Sony's universe. Well, one of the heads of Sony had just recently this past week said, no, that that is a shit. It's in the MCU. Now, granted, that could be Sony just trying to get more publicity from marvel who has a lot more right so even making a small controversy gets more people to be speculating about the new venom movie that they're making how how do they do venom in their own universe and have spider-man be in the mcu you know what i mean because you can look at like different comic books that has spider-man here and then spider-man in tokyo Mm -hmm. these are happening at different times so you can have these because we also so it'd still be Tom Holland Spider Man. Yes, yeah. he's going to be for if they're going to be doing this right. There's going to be three Spider Man movies because they always plan trilogies. Mm. But even then, they're going to show him his him aging, him growing up. He's going to be. They've put all their marbles in this basket for him being that. So yeah. when Sony does their own, but like we said, their shared universe. So now we have some characters in the MCU, like we're going to have Vulture, but some of these other ones, the Silver and Black, which is going to be Silver Sable and Black Hat, Mm -hmm. that is a standalone one that's going to be in the Sony Spider-Man universe. Mm -hmm. So Venom is going to be in the Sony universe that Tom Holland can come over with, Mm -hmm. but they're also saying that they're setting these movies up to be standalones, 
that could be the key difference. Maybe we don't truly get a Spider-Man taking on these villains over here because we're going to see him more as the Avenger type. Right. Yeah. Like he's been on the Avengers many times before. And within these movies, having kind of... Pretty much they're going to be the Sinister Six. They're going to all be... But even then, so, they need to get Venom shoehorned in there at some yeah. point. So there's a lot of speculation of, is this all, like, you know, a red herring? Because people think that with putting Spider-Man into the Infinity War, if one of the end credit scenes is him getting the goop to crawl up his leg and all of a sudden just showing him in a black suit. Because they haven't really explained to how this Spider-Man would have a Venom right. in its universe. And if that's true, that's why the person from Sony was saying that it's tied in, because you see it coming from that. Because he got that in Secret Wars. Well, they're not going to do a Secret Wars within... No, they're going to Infinity the, War could yeah. be just as huge. Right. And if that gives away a big spoiler, I could see why then... Well, when's Venom? When is that coming out? Venom is being filmed right uh, this fall for an October 2018 release. Oh, so the first Infinity War will have come out by then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. But Venom news, they've said the only other person that could be kind of a foil to Venom, besides Spider-Man, is Carnage. Carnage. Yeah. Oh, fuck. (laughs) They're going straight for it. Wow. And wow, it's going to be rated R. We've, it has to be when you have Carnage. How can you have a PG Carnage? You like, can't. There's no can't. fucking you can way. You can do a PG Venom. They did. Mm-hmm. But not Carnage. He's evil. He's pure evil. And this is partly why <laughs> I feel... He is pure evil. He's, his host is yeah. evil. <laughs> yeah, he's like the what's the Manson? Yeah, like, Charles Manson. Yeah, Charles Manson of their world. Yeah. he is just a sadistic killer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to that movie even more now that they've announced that, and I'm hoping that they at least in the beginning. I hope it's not an origin story that we already have Eddie Brock with the suit. They can do a prequel later if people really need it. Right. But I hope at least in the beginning it shows the symbiote splitting off while in jail. Like, I hope it opens up as Eddie in jail because that's when the symbiote could have broke Eddie out and he's like, no, I want to be for him. And then you the symbiote had like, a baby. Do, like, flashbacks or something. Knowing how directors go, yes, they'll probably yeah. do the flashbacks yeah. instead of just linear, like, just do this in the yeah. opening well, thing. Well, because I, I imagine they have to think, like, to some extent people know it from... Spider-Man 3, I think it was, with Ugh. Venom. Nobody, nobody liked the movie, but people know the story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, people know, that. I guess, what you what you can pull from that movie is that Venom is a symbiote. Yeah, And exactly. that noise affects him. Yeah. That's really the only thing in that movie and that... And Eddie Brock was yeah. an enemy that of was a ter- Peter Parker. That was... Topher Grace was a terrible Eddie Brock. Well, yeah. He's terrible. Like... Topher... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was terrible. Who's... Oh, God. What's the name of the guy that played Peter Parker again? Which one? The Tof- first or... one. Tobey Maguire. Tobey yeah. Maguire. Yeah. And he was a terrible Spider-Man. So, <laughs> well, specifically in that movie because they made him all emo and they that, that was whole so horrible. Scene. It's just and I the mean, suit sucked. Yeah, too. it was all bad. But 
Well, here's something that I want to explain, though, to further speculation of the whole shade behind, you know, is it or is it not secretly in the Marvel Universe? We've had Kevin come out and say, we are not opposed to R-rated movies. Right. After the announcement of them saying this is R, is that also kind of like secretive code of maybe they could be pulling in this Venom? And if they're standalone too, they could easily at the end just throw in a scene of Iron Man flying high in the sky and be like, Kaf, we'll do this as MCU. So, <laughs> I don't know. So, but if it's not Venom that he's talking about, what else could they do? Because a lot of the stuff that they do isn't, wasn't ever going to be an R-rated anything. So who would who would it be instead if it wasn't Venom, if they were thinking about doing an R-rated movie? Yeah, that's the thing, because a lot of those characters, I don't see just being R-rated no. for the sake of R-rated. Um, I mean, I would say I, w- I would love to watch some of these be R-rated. Right. Um, I think an R-rated Iron Man were... But that's just killing then. And yeah. I don't feel like even when these you... These aren't just, the characters he, for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so who then... Blade? Are they going to bring Blade back? Ooh, I'd be surprised. Because that's really the only one I could. And think. technically, they already had the R-rated ones right. with the other Blades yeah. too. Uh, yeah, who maybe else? Moon Knight if they oh. ever decide to do that. Yes, that would be amazing. But I heard they were bringing him into the Netflix verse. That would be cool as well. Um, yeah, because then you had to remember that. Yeah, they have different outlets and right. how. They approach those because, yeah, Netflix, that is all R, right. even though they're not movies. No, but they are part of the MCU because they refer to those movies all the time. You think yeah. those are R rated? The MC, the the Netflix shows? Yes. Well, with as many F bombs as they are. Do they? Actually, do I they don't. Know? Yeah, I don't They're really... just, they're very violent. I yeah. Guess. Especially with the Punisher. Yeah, the Punisher was. Yeah, so like Daredevil, was. Yeah. it was definitely violent. Da- Daredevil. I would say, is the most close to an R-rated one out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Definitely more than Luke Cage. Jessica Jones kind of... It's more like the themes in that yeah, one. Yeah, I was going to say the themes in that are pretty R-rating. So, I mean, uh, if anything, Iron they're just... Yeah. Like a five-year-old could have yes. did a better <laughs> show than... I still never yeah. finished that yeah, one. Yeah, we, we never finished it. Um, so, but I just wonder what else... what. What could they do? Because I don't... In my head, I think of Marvel, and I'm like, I don't... Nothing really is R-rated to me, except yeah. for like, Moon Knight and Blade, and and that's... Well, in, you know... That's really Wolverine, it. Wolverine, you know? Well... But, though, but, but that's, that's Fox, then, But that's though. Fox, yeah. 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 And that's where I could see more of the And Deadpool, X-Men. obviously. Yeah. Deadpool, that's also again, Fox. Fox. But then... That's, that's the, the, and anyone that was part of, like, X-Force. Right. Yeah. Again, that's... Deadly Force there. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if it's not that what it what it could be. But. Well, did you guys know that the Infinity War is going to be the end for a lot of characters as we know them? Theoretically, yes. We say theoretically, but we know the formula yeah. hands yeah. down now. Yeah. And I, it's it's going to be weird to see because like storybooks, the heroes never die. Quite literally, they yeah. don't die; they come back. Right. But these on-screen personifications, of these people, they're they're gonna go off to do other things, and I speculate they're gonna re. They're gonna have a shake-up afterwards, in which I'll get to in a little bit. 
of how they're going to set that up. But I see that they're going to be whole new new Avengers. They're going to pull in a whole new team, and all these people are going to go off. You think a whole new set like of roster. characters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Avengers have done that all the time. Mm-hmm. Almost every three years, they get a new roster. Yeah. And I feel like one-third of the Marvel, Marvel Universe, comic universe, our Avengers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, like, yes. Well, I do love the in jokes sometimes they have of like, oh, you don't have your membership card. Yeah. <laughs> or Spider Man being, yeah. wait, wait, I can live here and get free food. Yeah. <laughs> being poor Peter Parker at the time. It's like everybody is an Avenger except Deadpool. You know. <laughs> that is actually he's made that joke many yeah. times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, knowing that the contracts are are out for sure for a lot of these people. Um, Marvel is focusing on the next uh, Phase 4 then right after these come out which has been told that the next Spider-Man movie, not Homecoming, but the sequel afterwards, is the only one that is slated slated so far for 2019. So it is the first film after Infinity War now Mm -hmm. coming out. And what they're saying is it is the Civil War of the Marvel Universe again. They're doing Civil War Two. Not, nah, I told the guy not. <laughs> it would only make sense. No, the, it, <laughs> but it's going to be the Civil War of Phase Four. So, where we saw them in the outs in the Civil War movie and everything, mm-hmm. obviously the threat's going to bring them come back together. But then we're going to see the turmoil happen where they're going to disband again or separate, which kind of makes me speculate that maybe some of these big characters would be in at least for that, if that's going to be then the... Right. Or if they break up or people die within Infinity War, and this is where I pick up the pieces of other people saying, I'm with him, I'm with him, he was right, he was wrong. Right. There's so much in Infinity War that I can just say, pulling from the comics, I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But they've made the MCU so similar but different that I'm I'm just very He's curious. never know. Yeah. What's going to happen? Except for now we know in Spider-Man some big shit's going to happen. Well, yeah. so are they really calling the second Spider-Man movie Spider-Man Homecoming 2? No, that... that's what they... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Working titles. So I'm like, wait a minute. This is what the series is named Spider-Man now? Homegoing. <laughs> Spider-Man Prom. Home leaving. <laughs> Did I tell you guys, did, did I say that, how I feel that secretly tied into the name is going to be the, a homecoming something or other homecoming, homecoming dance, dance that Spider-Man goes to? That would yes. be surprising. And then that's, oh, it's not that he's coming home to the MCU, it's because there's a literal homecoming yeah. dance yeah. that he then couldn't attend because he has Spider-Man. And, or, or the vulture shows up at or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler I'm alerts. Sure. <laughs> yeah. We come from the future and we know that's going to yes. happen. <laughs> Well, yeah, that I I've often wondered though if they were going to just reboot the universe sort of and recast on those characters. I would say that that um, would be dumb. Yeah. On their part, because they've put a lot of work into building this universe, and if they reboot, they're basically starting. No, but from what the he's beginning. saying, yeah, but what he's saying though is like recasting. Yeah, I don't see them hard saying that Chitari never came in, and and all mm-hmm. these events didn't happen. But that's where I'm I'm speculating we're going to have a good two to three years of newer um, people 
Uh, I can see uh, Ant-Man and Wasp being, or um, Black Panther, because they haven't been so big on this beginning phase. Right. Mm-hmm. That those could kind of continue on yeah, into got, because they Dr. also have a lot Strange more and, yep, yeah. films that they can have. But then we're gonna slowly get to see a couple more um, people introduced that then make up the main uh, roster of mm-hmm. them hmm. to then have after a small hiatus, Iron Man come back and kind of do like the war machine of like you look different. Oh yeah. Been me the whole time. Oh they, God, I forgot that they, when they replaced him Terrence in the second Howard. movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and so I see that happening where they'll do a quick one line, but it'll be someone that looks similar in appearance, mm. but as mm. you know, they can even have some line of like, "We ever read the comics where you know the artist is not always the same, and you know that not everyone <laughs> yeah. looks the same. Someone offline, but you'll get the feel of the character to have them." You know? Right. Mm-hmm. But then again, too, they have so much shit they can do. Yes. They don't even need those characters, really. Yeah. They built it. They built these movies on their backs, but it's gotten to the point where it's become its own. Like, they don't need necessarily need so. them anymore. I kind of yeah. feel like it would suck if Iron Man went away. Well, yeah, and that's because Robert Downey Jr. is... Amazing. Amazing. Like, yeah. Chris it- Evans, whatever. We can, Like, he's a, good, he's a good Captain America. Chris and I Hemsworth... Ca- Okay, let's not. (laughs) Let's not get too hasty here. (laughs) But seriously, though, like you, I think you could replace Chris Hemsworth with an equally attractive Norse god-looking male creature. Do you think you you could replace Mark Ruffalo, though? (laughs) I mean, they've only. I mean, could anybody could anybody else play Hulk? (laughs) He has done the best job, so I would say it'd be dumb for them to do so. But out of like the main characters that they've built robert downey jr is by far he built that universe he is tony stark yeah he has he has built himself around this character yeah like i remember seeing a picture of this little boy on the internet of this little boy meeting robert downey jr Mm -hmm. and the little boy just started crying because Mm -hmm. it was iron man out of his costume yeah and the look on robert downey jr's face is like oh god the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Just kids crying all the time. So, you know, he's the only one that I think I'm going to be really sad if they recast. Unless they just go completely opposite direction and well i mean then you could pull from yeah they could pull more even from some of the other iterations of thor like ultimate thor um, Ultimate Iron Man and kind of pulling some of those people too. Right. I mean, I guess like the only person that's safe is Tom Holland because I mean they could do a Miles Morales, but they could still do that anyways with Spider Man. Yeah. Right. And that's gonna be a while before they. Yeah, before because that. that's just a lot of explaining to do of alternate universe. They may not even do that, which right. totally cool with. Now DC, on the other hand, love their comics as I just reviewed two of them. Mm-hmm. Movies kind of lacking most of them and you know we already kind of know on their slate coming up we have black adam man of steel 2 batgirl we have a booster gold um is booster gold a thing yeah it well it's it's on their slate of they've talked about this is going to be one of our movies we're making within the next couple years um a nightwing so they have ideas and stuff but they aren't Right now, they only have two in post-production. Justice right. League and Aquaman. Mm-hmm. 
So these other ones that they say could, you know, go the way of the axe and be chopped from the cutting block. But DC has been talked about and what's going to be announced at San Diego Comic-Con, if rumors are true, is they plan on now having three or four movies per year coming out. That's That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, Marvel has done it too, but Marvel is... are just going to stop doing going for quality and just start going for quantity. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of All opening right. weekends. Did you say stop going for quality? Well, <laughs> stop They're going to amp up their quantity. Yeah. I'm not but saying, even then, they don't have their quantity right now anyways. Right. But. Like, they, they just do really well with opening weekends, so they just want a lot more opening yeah. weekends. They should just cut trailers. Yeah, they should just do, they should just they should just find do four minute movies. Money. Yeah, <laughs> money doing trailers. Just do a bunch of four minute movies. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, yeah. but so Batgirl has a director attached. Yeah, because Joss, Joss Whedon's going to be doing Batgirl. Black Adam, The Rock has signed on for. Mm-hmm. I'm confused that they're going straight for Black Adam and not doing Shazam. That's yeah. Because Black Adam is kind of an obscure character. I think though because they realize on the big screen Shazam is Superman. Oh, that's true. So, yeah. <laughs> that might be really confusing. And they have a Man of Steel coming out. <laughs> yeah. Two coming out. Oh, Man of Steel two coming out. Oh, I thought he was dead. So you think they're gonna replace Shazam and make Superman Black Adam's Nemesis, then? Because that kind of ruins Black Adam's old premise. I, oh, you think they would, like, try and ruin their Well, property? no, well, no, but... Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but Black Adam is powered by the same yeah. force that Shazam is. No, but they've also... Him and Superman have fought a lot. Yeah. And the reason why they fought a lot is because what is the one thing that... Sp- two things that Spider... Or, Spider-Man... Superman is weak to... Kryptonite. And magic. Yep. Ah. Which is why Black Adam, and I didn't even think of that until you just said that, that's what's going to happen, yeah. actually. Yeah. Black Adam, he was, he was, we were talking about Lobo earlier in the whole 52, Black Adam was my other favorite from that, because he, they, they wrote his storyline so perfect, they made him happy, and then they took it all away from him, and he blew up a fucking country. Mm-hmm. Just like that. He's so powerful, so mm-hmm. I, I hope it's The Rock. It would be cool. Yeah, The so, Rock would be awesome. I mean, you know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a go, I guess. So another quick piece of news, speaking of uh, directors and all that stuff, Ron Howard is slated now to direct the the young Han Solo movie. Yeah. That's going to be coming out pretty soon. Which is blows my mind. I know. He's he's a huge director. And it, it makes sense. I started realizing when I was thinking about this, because like, they've had some huge directors do these. like Yeah, but they've all been directors that are connected to sci-fi properties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron Howard's not that. But think about the fact that, well, he did Apollo, thir- Apollo 13. Oh, that, was, <laughs> that was not sci-fi. <laughs> he did The Truman Show, I think. Um, yeah, but no, he... Um, you got to imagine there's so many directors that are, you know, huge directors, like prestigious yeah. directors. Upper that, echelon. That would just love to sink their teeth into the Star Wars universe. You think so? I bet there are. Because they, like, Ron Howard probably grew up watching Star Wars. It, no, he would have been in his early 20s, probably. Nonetheless, he would have been of the age. And he knew, knew George Lucas. He was in yeah. American Graffiti, right? Yeah, you know, but um, 
Yeah. It just blows my mind that these movies... I mean, it's crazy to say that these movies are attracting such a high level of directors because they Mm. were directed by George Lucas, but the only reason George Lucas was famous is because he directed the Star Wars movies. He didn't come to them already famous. No. Not really. No. Not... I mean, it was by far the biggest thing he did. It was, yeah. it was the only thing he did in his life that mattered. American <laughs> <laughs> Graffiti was big, that and that uh, kicked off Happy Days. Do you, you think know? that if he had only made American Graffiti, we would still be talking about George Lucas today? We probably no. wouldn't. Nobody know. would be at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, I still feel like there had been something epic made. Right. By George, not by George Lucas, by somebody. Well, no, I don't think he would have had as much, but his his vision for what Star Wars would have been, right, would have somehow been made. Like someone would have been that's still pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, would have bought it all from him, so mm-hmm. he would have been like the random writer that came up with this. But you would have had yeah. someone doing that. But yeah, I think you're right though, because if he didn't make that, that right. wouldn't have happened. I think film and, students would be talking about him still. That, but that would be it. I don't even know if that's the case. American Graffiti is an okay movie. I'm it's saying it's not like life changing. But it it kicked off Happy Days, and that's not insignificant. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, you are the only person I've ever heard tie those two things together. It, it's a direct contact. I I know, but you're the only person I've ever heard say that out loud. Oh, okay. But we're not. This we're now now we're totally busting into like. Film school talk. Um, <laughs> We're in my world now. But, again, I mean, like, when we were younger, I would have never thought ever that yeah. um, somebody like, well, I guess J.J. Abrams, he's directly tied to sci-fi, right? He's lost? He's J.J. Abrams. Oh, and Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> he's J.J. Abrams. He's J.J. Abrams, but... These type sci-fi movies and like comic book movies and stuff were always kind of like the lower hanging fruit, mm-hmm. you know. Directors like Kevin Smith would have done movies like this, and now Kevin Smith is like, I would never be able to do any of these movies. Yeah, it's too much money. It's too, he's not, he's not at that level. He's podcast king now. He's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> not a film director he anymore. Makes- horror b horror movies yeah. yeah so it just it's it's awesome and it blows my mind but i don't know what a ron howard uh sci-fi movie would like i don't i don't think it'll have his look you I don't think so i think they've because established a look no well they already have like three-fourths of it filmed for the oh for the han solo yeah yeah oh really and he's been directing it no he took over much like Jaws Whedon took over. He did? Oh, I didn't know Justice that. I, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's kind of the big thing is there's a huge rift between mm. the director and someone in production. Oh, I thought he was slated to direct it. And they oh, were, no, they've they already started. Okay. They've yeah, already they have a lot. It. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, like, they've established a look for these movies and so even if it is a major director like this they're not going to I don't think so I don't think you don't think Ron Howard could just be like no this is how we're doing it yeah and they would say I don't think they would okay Ron Howard I don't think (laughs) they would (laughs) well speaking of directors another good segue the director (laughs) of Power Rangers has come out Complaining that the reason why the movie didn't make as much money is because it was a PG-13 rating. 
I find that fucking ridiculous. At first, I thought he was going to go the other way and say it should have been rated R. Oh, he's saying it should have been lower? Yeah, yeah. He said it should have been lower. Because I'm, oh. like, I'm like, I, I'm also going to kind of fault you if I don't think it should have been R either. No. Mm. Like, I think PG-13 was a perfect for what that came yeah. from. But he's saying that parents probably didn't think they brought their kids to it because of it wasn't PG. Does he get no parents these days? Yeah. Does he not even understand who... <laughs> bought all these tickets anyway period right i mean it, it was, was not children it was kind of really meant towards at least that's what i thought i'm sure they try to get all ages but if they wanted just a kid's cheesy movie they yeah. could just didn't animated something or other right. for cheap and if, if they were trying to bring in new fans then the, i mean that was just wasn't going to happen in a movie not a movie like that they it was it should have been for people like tony oh yeah <laughs> And Tony liked it, I think. We've never actually talked about whether he liked yes, the Power I, Rangers. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was but. good. It's worth my my money that I paid for, and I do wish more people would have seen it because I wish I would have reviewed it because then a lot of millions of people would have heard my yes, review. Yeah. This is all, all your the fault, of Tony. People that listen to you us. should email that director and tell him it's not the ratings' fault. It's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> I failed you. <laughs> and also the lack of gratuitous nudity I thought the movie needed. But mostly it's my fault. Because <laughs> that's what we need as teenagers. Yeah. Yes, naked on screen. <laughs> Drinking beer and... Yeah. Oh, this is a su- southern, uh, southern Arkansas Power Rangers. <laughs> Arkansas Grove, not Angel Grove. Sorry to all our Arkansas listeners. Tony's... <laughs> Just kidding. He loves Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking about boozing it up, though, uh, boozing the book this week, Daredevil. Okay, so, well, Daredevil 22, along with uh, Farmhand from Brewer of Avant. There's a very simple reason yes, why. I know besides what it is. Both you don't even have to say it out loud. But I, I am going to quick say <laughs> in the book, really fucking great where, the, where Charles Soule is going with the story arc and um, with Daredevil taking the stand. Um, in this trial, it's coming to a conclusion to set up the next story arc. Really good there. The beer is also very good. Mm, mm-hmm. But the real reason why I picked this is both are. It's it's Derek. Yes. Derek loves Daredevil. Derek loves Farmhand. That's what we drank all at the wedding. Yes. It is or Coors Light. That was your two options. <laughs> no, there really was it. There was a secret stash of Rubeus. That was for I the wedding that, party. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I forgot to then try to get them. And Mel would have gotten me one. Yeah. but I re- I really wanted one, but I'm like, no, oh, this farmhand is just as good, and I can keep drinking this. But you know, Derek was rocking his Daredevil cufflinks yesterday. Yeah. Yep. So. so this one is for you. So, Derek. That's your who's uh, in a book this week. Um, anyone got a quote of the week or words of wisdom or anything? Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> he always sounds so shocked with himself. <laughs> I do. Uh, so, hey, little sister, who is your whip? Hey, little sister, what's your vice and wish? Hey, little sister, shotgun. Hey, little sister, who's your Superman? Hey, little sister. Hey, little sister, shotgun. shotgun. It's a nice day for a white wedding. (laughs) 
sounds so strange not being sung by Billy Idol. <laughs> In case you didn't know. <laughs> that fit perfectly. Get out of my way, Billy Idol. <laughs> well, everyone, stay thirsty for five more years from DOC. And many more, besides just five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then done. <laughs>